Michigan unbeaten no more. Piling on now is Iowa as they crack the 50 mark against the mighty Buckeyes. But when his number was called, seven got six. What's up and welcome to Spellco Radio presented by Blackheart Gold Pants, SB Nation's community for the Iowa Hawkeyes. I'm your host, DC. With me, as always, is Jerry Sherwin. Jer, how's life? Life is swell. Life is grand. Great to be back with you both. And with us, it's the people's champ, David Johnson. Champ, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Just home from working a shit-tastic Bulls game tonight, but I am in great spirits. He's got to find ways to be positive while you're walking through a, a half-full United Center. Guys, uh, subscribe to the show wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at BHGP, Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. We also have a new survey going out this week, guys. Jerry's going to post it in the blog post with the show this week, and we'll tweet out the link to the, to the survey. We want some feedback from you guys. What do you guys want more from us as a show? What can we do to make this podcast feed more entertaining for you on a weekly basis? So if you guys fill that out, we would be forever grateful for that. You guys can see that starting on Thursday when we uh, tweet out the show link and to uh, download this week's episode. Guys, <coughs> let's start the show with this. Iowa got a little bit of news on the football side this week as they added a grad transfer left tackle from Indiana. And so I ask you guys this, does Iowa adding a grad transfer on the offensive line tell you more about the confidence in the team as a whole next year or the lack of confidence in the offensive line for next year? Jay, let's start with you. Uh, This is absolutely showing the faith that they have in this team going into next season. Adding a guy like this only creates more depth on an offensive line that's already returning some pretty decent depth. You have a guy that has been there, done that in the Big Ten, that's able to fill in for Tristan Wirfs. So when you have that type of solidity on the offensive line with a quarterback that's coming in for the first time but is getting touted as a Nate Stanley but with a little more touch and he's got the leadership skills that's going to rally this team around him and the type of potential at wide receiver and running back that's coming back, like this is a no-brainer. This just shows everything that obviously this kid believes in the Iowa program to having to come here and choose Iowa over other suitors. And on top of it, Iowa bringing him in, like even if we don't use him, that means there's somebody else in the pipeline that's even better than him and ready to go. I think this is a slam dunk. This just shows that Iowa's going for everything. They're going for broke. They are going to beat Wisconsin next year and head their way back to the Big Ten Championship. Jerry's calling the shot with beating Wisconsin already. Champ, what do you think? I totally agree with Jer here. I mean, this is a, a great thing for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Let's talk about this gentleman's name. Coy Kronk. I mean, what a wonderful offensive lineman name. The guy is a massive human being. Going to step right in. I think he's going to be your starting right tackle next year. I think Alaric's going to mm-hmm. stay at left tackle, and I think this guy's going to step right in and be a veteran. He started 40 games at Indiana at, at the tackle position. It's a great addition to the Iowa Hawkeyes. I love that we're getting grad transfers now. We're becoming that program, and it's making me very happy because I don't remember before last year getting Michael Sleep Dalton. I don't remember getting grad transfers ever You know, in my Iowa fandom. And now two years in a row getting big-time guys. I know it was a punter last year. You can't get too excited about that. But getting a solid starting caliber offensive lineman to come to Iowa, I love it. Absolutely love it. 
with the way the punting situation was before Michael slept on, it is was a big thing getting him. Yeah, I mean, true, and they, uh, I mean, they needed everything he gave them last year, and he was solid. And I hope Mr. Kronk or Kronk, however you pronounce the name, we'll just call him Koi for now because that's easy to pronounce. Big Koi's going to step <laughs> in and do a hell of a job for this offensive line. Champ, you bring up a great point, and I think it's, um, it's the fact that I was willing to when I was willing to make a commitment to a guy, the grand transfer to come in basically for one year and come into this program, you don't have time to kind of really absorb and learn the Iowa way. You have to already be a fit. They're not, <coughs> excuse me. They're not making that commitment unless they know that this guy's going to come in and have an impact right away. And they have that confidence in them. And so I agree with both of you. I think this is the confidence in this team overall and just adding to the depth and adding to the <coughs> capability of what this offense can be heading into 2020. So I love this move, and I think it says a lot about the confidence in this program because I was willing to take a chance on a grad transfer like this. Yeah, and on top of that, this guy's name, Champ, after you brought it to my attention, DC, what's one of your favorite things in the world? It's even in your Twitter bio. Fat guy touchdowns? This is the perfect guy. You have a cronk moment. Like, he's got to catch a touchdown at some point this season. Make him an eligible receiver. Have him come in. Maybe him and Sam Laporta do a little crisscross action. Get him a touchdown. I want cronk to score. The cronk spike at Iowa City this year? That would be beautiful. <laughs> I'd buy that shirt right now. We need we need Matt Nagy to come down to Iowa City and show them Santa's sleigh and get that play moving. Boom. Matt Nagy doesn't even know what Santa Slay is anymore. Okay. Oh, well, be this nice. This is not a Bears podcast. Simmer down. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, figured good way, good way to start the show off. Uh, we have some other football news as, as, I guess, spring practice kicked off this week. <coughs> uh, Kirk Ferentz had a press conference, and he had three things I figured we'd touch around a little bit. He was talking about the defensive line, replacing A.G. Epinesa. Uh, and getting some new guys in there. And he made a point of talking about a positionless defensive line. Champ, what do you think about the Iowa defense moving forward without having set defensive tackles or defensive ends, just having four guys playing on the defensive line? I love that. I, I think it's a great thing. I think it's uh, a Phil Parker innovation. He, you know, I mean, we has shown in the, f- the last few years some NASCAR-like packages bringing in four basically DNs to rush the quarterback on passing downs uh, within games. So I think we're going to see more of that. And and that, why not? There's no reason to, you know, label guys as a D tackle or a D end. I mean, they're D linemen. Their job is to stop the run and rush the quarterback. I don't care if they're D tackles or D ends. It really doesn't matter to me. And I don't think it matters to Parker and the Iowa Hawkeyes. So yeah, fuck it. We don't need, we don't need actual position <laughs> names. Let them go out there and get after the quarterback and stop the run. That's all I care about. <laughs> Jer, what, do you have the same fuck it mentality as Phil Parker's probably does about this defensive line? I, I don't know. necessarily think it's a fucking thing. I think this is just the next step in the maturation of Phil Parker's success at Iowa. This is a this is his way of getting Iowa to continue to be multiple and to continue to throw offenses off the scent. Iowa for so long has just always been like the run first, 4-3 D, and Phil Parker's changing that mentality. We have athletes, we have these guys all up and down the defense, and to have these types of multiple pass rushers, it's the perfect way to basically fill in and get guys in good positions to fill in for A.J. Epinesa. It's going to be hard to fill in his shoes next year, but when you have guys running all around the field and in different positions that other teams aren't scouting for or normally used to seeing with an Iowa defense, that's just going to create opportunity and it's going to continue to keep Iowa in the top 10 defenses and on the entire country. 
You know what else it does? It gives Iowa the opportunity to play not just nickel. With it, let's Iowa go to a more three four. If you don't have set positions, you guys can rotate guys in. Who plays the best? You can stand up guys. Outside linebackers become rushers, become blitzers. You're setting pressure again, finding ways to replicate what AG Epinesa brought from multiple character, multiple cast of characters to get pressure on the quarterback, which is going to be a, it's going to be an issue next year because you lose a guy like AJ Epinesa who had what almost twenty two sacks in the last two years by himself. Like that's a lot to have to replace, and so it's Phil Parker finding ways and to get pressure that you guys both mentioned. So I think it's a it's a great great move. Next up, <coughs> we've talked <coughs> talked about it. Spencer Petrus being the next Nate Stanley with a, kind of that C.J. Beathard uh, confidence, that personality, and I think you've kind of see the coaching staff feeling the same level of confidence in their quarterback. With uh, Kirk saying he looks like a Division One player in bowl prep, just looks like a Big Ten quarterback during bowl prep. Chair, it, what's what's the ceiling on Spencer Petrus, Petrus going into 2020? I think the the ceiling right now, and if you really think about it, he could be the best passer in the Big Ten West easily. Already going into the season with the type of talent that they have at the position, uh, at the skill positions, Spencer Petrus could walk in and light these dudes up. I don't know, like, are you a big believer in Cone? Are you a big believer in Martinez? Are you a big champ? We know is not a big believer in anything Illinois ever has to do. So I just, like, there, I really think uh, that this is his. There's, there's one guy you seem to be forgetting out of that Big Ten West. It's Tanner Morgan. I mean, he's coming back next year. He's pretty damn good. Oh, now we're on the Tanner Morgan I mean, train. he's shown what he, he's capable of. I know he's losing one of those wideouts. But he's still pretty damn good. That's a pretty high expectation His best wide to be putting out. And on. one of the best wideouts in the entire country. Well, he still has two really good ones coming back. So I think. That's fine. I'm just saying that's his ceiling. His ceiling is to be better than Tanner Morgan. And if the, if he can do what Nate Stanley can, couldn't figure out how to get done in his last three years by getting those touch passes in the middle of the field when guys are streaking down the, down, down the field, then it's going to be for him to take. I'm telling you guys right now, this kid's going to be special. I mean, let's not act like Tanner Morgan's the second coming of agreed of Joe Burrow here. I mean, he's he's a fine quarterback. I mean, if if next year Spencer Petrus is Tanner Morgan, I think we'd be thrilled with that. I I mean, I, I my level of optimism is a little bit less than Jer's here. I think if he's an, we're talking about ceilings. Okay, my ceiling is he could be the second best quarterback in the Big Ten West. That's fine. That's his ceiling. He could be right behind Tanner Morgan. He can be, you know, the third. He's a sophomore coming in and hasn't played in two years. I think you guys are expecting a little too much out of Spencer Petrie. No, 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 Champ. I don't think you know what his ceiling is. That's not expectations. Oh, his ceiling. His ce- I mean, yeah, okay. His, his ceiling, ceiling is the roof. His ceiling. He could be the fucking <laughs> Heisman winner. Like, who cares? Like, yeah, obviously he could be. Great. I care. Obviously, he's, his ceiling is going to be, by the time he's done with Iowa, he could be a great quarterback. But in terms of next season, I don't expect him to be, you know, an elite-level guy right off the bat. I think it's going to take him some time. He's going to have to knock off some rust. So if he's a little bit above, an, a, you know, a game manager for me, I think that's going to be fine for Iowa's offense. Uh, Champ, I apologize. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna apologize to you right now. I think I undersold Tanner Morgan's season. <laughs> Yeah. 
You're correct. If if Spencer Peaches were to come out and complete 66% of his passes for th- over 3,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, and seven interceptions, we'd all be very thrilled. Yeah, that's a hell of a, that's a way better <laughs> season than Nate Stanley had. I mean, we'd love that. I mean, I still don't really trust Tanner Morgan. I think he did a lot with the weapons around him. But that's a different conversation for a different day. Well, that's Spencer Peters can do that because he's got a lot of weapons coming back. So, I mean, he's got the most of all the incumbent like quarterbacks. So think like since we've been fans, right? Yeah. So the Jake Christensen, Ricky Stanzi to to Vandenberg to um, to to Rudock to CJ Beathard to to Nate. This is the, the biggest stable of talent any of them has had walking into the stadium. Maybe Ricky with Marvin and DJK and Adam Robinson, but that's really about it. Yeah, that, no, you're right. Without question, the, the offensive talent that Spencer gets to step into is bountiful. Proven talent. Yeah, yeah, that's the big. That's the big thing. Proven, proven talent, and up and coming talent who's all young and just going to continue to get better. All right. The last thing Kirk Ferentz mentioned in his press conference that we want to talk about is the punting crisis that is hitting the United States of America. He had a stat about the number of punters coming to the U.S. from Australia and advocated for parents to have their kids to train to be punters, to give up golf, to give up being offensive linemen, and to train up being punting. So, Jer, my question to you is, if you have a child, will you train him to be a punter? Well, I, I w- in theory, it sounds great. But my child's going to be probably just running through a lot of things. So it's going to be a lot easier to make him a fullback slash offensive lineman. He's probably not going to be like – he's probably going to be a little more clumsy than like being graceful to actually like punt something and like pin something within five yards. So <laughs> it sounds really nice, but my I'm kind of built like a brick shit house. So it's probably going to be more of a lineman type situation for me. And that's fine. We still need linemen at University of Iowa. Just you got to block for the punter. Exactly, 100%. You get a long snapper, you can snap to the punter. Yeah. Long snappers are skinny still. I don't know if my guy's going to be like that. <laughs> Champ, how far could you punt a ball right now? Uh, oh. I mean, I got a pretty good leg. I can I could probably hit a 30-yard field goal right now if you line me no up. No shot. I mean, I, you say this every time. I got a big leg. I can kick field goals. I've done it before. I've proven it. Ask one of our loyal listeners, Z. He saw it in person. Uh, I could probably punt the ball 25 yards, I think. Of actual, you know, twenty five net yards, you know, so that's more like thirty five yards from where I'm standing. Yeah, I think I can. But you wait, like, you really think you get a thirty yard field goal right now? Oh yeah, line me up right there. I I prefer the right hash. I got a little draw to my ball, so put me on the right hash. I can drill <laughs> one from thirty easily. I feel like we needed to go prove this out at a high school somewhere in Chicago, champ. Oh, that could that once the weather gets a little warmer, I'm not. Kicking. Oh no 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 oh, no 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 no! no, no, no. I'm not going on ice and trying to kick. I said goals. right now. You said yes. I mean that's fine. We can go to a dome and I'll kick one right now. I, n- I never said in the outdoor temperatures that it is right now. Let's not get crazy. All right, go to Mike Dicka's dome in like yeah, Joliet or whatever I, it is. We could do that. I would. I'd be down to kick a nice little thirty yarder. But in terms of the quote though from Kirk, it was great. A nice little light moment there from Kirk. It was pretty hilarious. I mean. 
yeah, punters, he's right. I mean, it's they're few and far between to get great punters. So, I mean, in terms of my future child, I'm going to be, if I do have a child, I'm going to put the start right away putting things in his left hand, and he's going to be a left-handed reliever in Major League Baseball because their lifespans are like 15 to 20 years. I mean, you don't even have to be that good. If you can get lefties out in the majors, you're going to stick around for a long time. I mean, it's, also, it's not a bad route also. All right, a little bit of fun, a little bit of football here in the middle of January to kind of kick the show off. Let's switch gears to basketball. Wait, real quick before yeah, we switch. Got? Yeah. Champ, if your future son's signs are stolen, what would you do to the opponents that stole his signs? Uh, they would be a bat to the back of the head, I think, would be a sufficient wow. thing to do. And a, uh, maybe a suspension for a year. That Like if... If your son was pitching in the World Series and you found out that his his pitches were tipped off and he gave up like the game losing homer like he, he's like you Darvish type he's like out yeah. of one ERA the entire season would you would you find those people? Oh, I, I mean, I wouldn't personally find them. I would hire someone to find them, and I they would <laughs> be taken care of for sure. No. Okay, just want to make sure Jewish mob dark. style without question. Jewish <laughs> mob. This got dark really quick. Yeah. All right, guys, we, uh, we're in the middle of watching this Iowa-Rutgers game, but Iowa did play uh, Michigan on Friday night and did beat them at home in, Kine- or in Carver Hawk. Yeah, they did. And uh, currently ahead on, Ru- on Rutgers uh, late, in the, late in the second half here. So Luca again, is, is just his player of the year buzz seems to be growing and growing. He even had a whole story on Sports Illustrated today, Wednesday, as we are recording this. Where are you guys at with Luca Garza? Jerry, we'll start with you. Uh, this is the best player I, I've been able to watch in an Iowa uniform. It's not even close. The consistency is everything that we wish Jared Utoff had. I think Jared Utoff was probably the closest thing to this point, but we always there was always those moments where we'd always be wanting more with Utoff, particularly in the second half. He would come out blazing. He'd hit like twenty, he'd score like twenty points, but then completely disappear. Garza, every time they need a basket, he's getting it. He is the he not he's like the Joakim Noah, the Tyler Hansborough, and I don't know, mix in some one of the best players that you've ever seen who's also a big man that has touch from the Luke outside. Harry he's Goody the guy from Notre Dame. Remember him? He was dominant in college. That's exactly what he reminds me of, similar to him. Perfect. He's Joakim Noah, Luke Heron Goody, and Tyler Hansborough all in one and willing this eight-man rotation into not only legit like top 25 seedings in, in, in the tournament. But he, I think that Iowa has a really good shot at winning some games in the Big Ten tournament, something that I wouldn't have said two weeks ago. Absolutely. Champ, what's, a, what, what's your Luka Garza takeaway right now? I mean, right now, Luka Garza is propelling Iowa to be the second-best team in the Big Ten. I don't think there's a question that they're playing, or the way they're playing right now, mm-hmm. especially if mm-hmm. they hang on and beat Rutgers tonight, they are the second-best team in this conference behind Michigan State. They can go mm-hmm. anywhere in the Big Ten. Right now, I have confidence in going anywhere in the Big Ten and getting a win and controlling the, the home court and winning out home-wise for the rest of the season. That's how good Luka Gars is playing. He absolutely dominated that Michigan game again for the second time this year. He scored 77 combined points in two games against Michigan this year. That is unheard of. He is absolutely dominating. He is playing his way into not only Big Ten Player of the Year, but National Player of the Year. If he continues in this way and Iowa finishes the year, let's say, top 10, top 12 in the nation, I think he's your Player of the Year without question. 
And Jerry brought up a, a great point is that he's that kind of that guy when I would need a bucket that you can go to. I mean, the big thing with Iowa teams in recent memory is, and part of this is the February slide is just the offense going into a drought, offense not being able to to get to buy a basket, and I we haven't seen that this year. When Iowa needs a basket, if Luca Garza's in the court, they're going to give it to him, and he's going to go up against double and triple teams, and and find a way to, to get the ball in the hoop, which is great to see. And the other thing that he's been able to do, and I I tweeted about this during the game tonight, is with him being so good, it's allowed these other guys to kind of get some space to shoot to create to create for themselves, mm-hmm. but it also just balances this team out so well. It's a it's a shorter rotation, which is. It's arguable how it's going to happen, like how it's going to impact the stretch. But the way this team balances each other out with Wieskamp, with Frederick, with Garza, even with Connor McCaffrey and Joey T and all these guys, they're just the perfect complement to each other. And I think Garza is doing a lot of that by drawing double and triple teams all the time. Yeah, without question. That was a great point. We talked about that before the season. I think that was one of mine or yours or Jer's. One of our points is to eliminate those big stretches of Iowa not scoring baskets. And that's exactly what Luke is helping them do right now. Absolutely. I mean, and we haven't even mentioned Ryan Creener, and he's been just literally instant offense the second he steps on the court. It's been unbelievable to see him just take – I don't know what happened to him, but he's taken a tremendous step forward. Yeah, instant offense, baby. Comes in, scores. It's uh, it's it, the thing for him too. I think more so than anything else is the confidence. Obviously, this team, Fran McCaffrey, and the position he's getting to play is is really built a confidence inside of him that allows him to go out there. He knows his job. He knows his functionality on this team, and he goes and just achieves it. No, you're absolutely right. Like everyone kind of just knows their role, and let's just do it and take care of our take care of our job, and. Uh, more than likely or not, win a basketball game. Anything else you guys want to talk about from a basketball perspective before we get into the main portion of our show tonight? Real quick, do you guys know if Devin Dotson was suspended from that brawl last night? Um, I saw. Was he one of the ones that was involved out. with it? <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I don't. Because if either. he gets, if he's part, if he was part of it, which it looked like a lot of dudes were, I don't know who in particular. But if he gets some sort of suspension. And Luca, uh, he's having another great game tonight against Rutgers. Uh, I just don't see how it's not him at the end of the season. Um, no, I mean you're totally right. I'm trying to pull it up real quick as we're uh, as we're talking here to see if I can get these suspensions. But ESPN.com is not loading really very well. Um, <coughs> so guys, want to keep talking? Nope, sorry, I clicked on the Zion story, so I just don't know. Um, no, you're 100 percent right. I mean, Luca is. Everything's going Luca's way for Player of the Year. Yeah, um, just get it done. Any, Keep winning and get a, give him a Player of the Year award. Anything else, guys? Before we get into some questions from our loyal listeners this week. No. Yeah, right no. now everybody needs to realize that Rutgers just took a seventy-seven seventy-six lead with two twenty-seven left. So if there is a weird <laughs> little noise in the background from cheering and/or getting pissed off, just understand that we are doing multiple things at once. We love you all, but sometimes these things happen. We're, we're recording during this game so I can actually get some sleep this evening, and I'm not up all night editing this podcast after it's we're done recording it. Correct. So, yes, if we are a little bit distracted, it's because we are watching this game while recording the show. But let's get into it. This week, we asked you guys for sh- for questions to basically fuel our show this week. We wanted anything and everything from Iowa to not Iowa, actual questions that were serious to just nonsense, anything you had 
and you guys delivered. So let's get right into it. The very first question we got is that I'm, we're going to use is if everyone returns for IO Jesus Hoops next Christ. year, is anything less than a Sweet 16 a disappointment? Jerry, let's start with you if, as you're cursing the background of my reading this question. Well, Joey Toussaint just missed two free throws in a row. Um, with that, I almost want to change my answer after seeing that. Yes, this will be a major disappointment. I know that I kind of banged on the Jordan Bohannon. If he leaves, he leaves drum earlier in the season. But after the way this team has responded after his loss, I think this was the most important thing to have had happen and potentially in the Iowa, Iowa basketball history. Jordan Bohannon not having to be hero ball, all-star savior this entire season, sitting on the bench, watching these two these like guys like CJ Frederick, Joe Wieskamp, Luca Garza grow in front of him is going to make all the difference next year. He gets to just come onto the court with spacing already created for him. He knows other guys can actually get them out of situations. It's not just up to him anymore to shoot threes from the half court line. He could dump it into Luca. Apparently Luca's father's already telling people at the casinos why he's half hammered that Luca's coming back. So if that's the case, I would absolutely is going to be a hell yes sweet sixteen and or final fourteen. <laughs> A Final Four team potentially, champ. What are your thoughts? Is sweet as a Sweet Sixteen anything Weezy. less than a disappointment? It's a big three. Uh, well, you asked that question. Sorry. I mean, I <laughs> I love it. I think I I've, I've gone on record. If Jordan Bohannon comes back and Luca Garza comes back, that I think this team could be a Final Four team, let alone Sweet Sixteen. That is how much talent they have. If they return CJ Weezy. Garza, J-Bo, I mean, they're, they're going to be a hell of a fucking team next year, and they're going to be a great team in the Big Ten, and I think they could be a Final Four team. So, yeah, anything less than Sweet 16 would be a disappointment if these guys come back. The only water I will throw on this is just don't. all of these guys coming back, how does that impact rotations, and how does it impact who Fran is putting it on the court? I got this one. Okay, what do you got? Well, Champ, what do you got? Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I have something too, but you can go first. All right. For starters, Creener is going. Creener the only one we're losing, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Pemsel's gone. Yeah, he's that's, already. That gone. was my number one thing. Is Pemsel's then out of the rotation? <laughs> Thank God. So right. So right there, you're adding in Bohannon for Creener, and then you're adding in Patrick McCaffrey for Pemsel, and a healthy, stronger. Uh, more indicted into the system, Patrick McCaffrey is, is huge for this program. Like, there's nobody else he needs to play at that point. You're subbing in your... Like, Kreener is great in his role, but let's not all pretend that he is any sort of better than Jordan Bohanna or Patrick McCaffrey is supposed to be. Like, I know that we're playing a lot of, like, potentials and we're going off of YouTube videos and his high school tape, but Patrick McCaffrey was, for all intents and purposes, a, a big-time recruit for Iowa. So having him come in with a year under his belt, he got to watch, he got familiar with the system, he got healthy, that should only make Iowa that much better. That should only make this rotation, even if it's at that eight-man rotation still, that much better as well. What were you going to say, Jim? <laughs> I, I was going to say some very similar things, that Pemsel then gets out of, the, out of the rotation. That only helps Iowa because he doesn't really provide anything. And, yeah, I think – even though you may have a nine or ten man rotation with these guys added, I think that's fine. It, it keeps guys fresh. You know, guys aren't going to have to play thirty six to forty minutes, and it, I think it'll be just fine. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I think my only concern is that this is the first year we've really seen Fran with a limited rotation, and it's working very, very well. And I think the other thing is Jordan Bohan is going to get his share of shots, so shots have to come away from other people on this roster. What do? How do guys look when they're not getting as many shots? Not, their usage isn't as high. How does that impact the way that they play on a night-to-night basis if they're, if they're not getting the number of shots they're getting this year? Well, Connor's not going to shoot as much and Bakari is going to be gone too. So those are theirs. I mean, that's four people you're losing <clears throat> shots from. Yeah, but it's not like Connor shoots <laughs> that often. For what for what you're going to ask Jordan Bohannon to do, put it that way. True. I, that's the thing, though. I don't think I'm asking Jordan Bohannon to do any of the things. He's I know had you're to not asking him. it to, do, but won't he want to shoot more? Like he, it's. Again. It depends what Jordan Bohannon wants. Does Jordan Bohannon want to go out and win, go to the Final Four like he said he wants to do, and that's part of why he's going to come back to this Iowa program because he sees it? Or does he want to go out there and be the guy that plays hero ball and puts his team in positions where he has to play hero ball because he's not spreading the wealth? That, I mean, that's on, that's up to him. No, you're totally right. I'm just trying to trying to play devil's advocate because I, I do think, right, to answer this extra question, all of that talent coming back, if they can't figure out a way to get past the Sweet 16, yes, it would be a disappointment. Because I do think they're showing a ton of toughness, mental toughness, physical toughness oh. this year. And they actually have a lot of talent this year. And they're going to get an influx of mm-hmm. it coming back next year if everybody returns. Their fortitude. <clears throat> do you think Fran McCaffrey's the type of coach to look at this season and realize that it's worked out in his favor from not having as many guys to, to kind of pull from? Hell and yes. And learn from yes. that and adjust? Yeah, he I is, hope so. Sure. And I think And I think if he does, I think someone that, that – loses minutes because of it is Connor. And I think Connor's been great. It's not a knock on him. I just think from a pure talent standpoint, someone has to lose their minutes. Oh, to- and 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 if we if the if Joey Toussaint takes the step that we all kind of expect him to as well, like those minutes need to go to him. No, I totally agree. 100% agree. All right, do you guys want to go to a another Iowa question or a nonsense question? Nonsense. Nonsense. All right, well, Champ, you have the backstory on this, so I'll let you kick this off with this question, but what is the correct slash most appropriate way for one man to eat an entire coffee cake? And if you could change one thing about coffee cake, what would it be? (laughs) So the big thing to me with coffee cake is it's not proportional. That it's You know how you get, you know, a fruit coffee cake, and the whole middle of the coffee cake is fruit, and the, the, the front end and the back end has no fruit in it, and it's upsetting to me. It, sh- it should be proportional along the entire coffee cake. There should be a nice fruit layer that goes from the beginning to the end, not just in the middle of the thing, and that's what upsets me. The proper way to eat a coffee cake is you got to cut the slice, you got to go towards the middle, you got to cut the slice, and you got to get, uh, you got to have bites with the fruit. Because if you go to one end or the other, you're going to get no fruit in your coffee cake, and it's just not going to be the same. It doesn't taste the same, it doesn't have the same effect that a, a, a nice middle piece with all the fruit in there has. And I just wish coffee cake as a whole would have fruit throughout the entire thing. That upsets me. Are we eating different coffee cakes? Yeah, what kind of coffee cake what are you coffee eating? Coffee cake has fruit. What do you mean you don't you don't like a nice <laughs> strawberry or raspberry or like you a pop tart? You what are you talking? <laughs> what kind of coffee cake are you eating? It's like usually has like cinnamon on it, and it's like a dense cake. Boom, with like a nut, like a walnut. 
Yeah, yeah like okay. a crispy like that's sugar the on same top. Thing. A lot of those type coffee. No cakes, fruit in that. No, a lot of those type coffee cakes at the, at the one end of the coffee cake doesn't have as as much frosting or have the the nut ratio like it should. A lot of that is compacted into the middle of the coffee cake, and that's not right. <laughs> it's not right. Yeah. For someone who for someone who doesn't drink any coffee, you have a lot of takes on coffee cake. Oh, that coffee cake is tremendous. I mean, I love myself a nice coffee cake. I like a fruit one. I the, the ones you guys are describing. So you like a strudel. Yeah, you like a strudel. It's not a strudel. They're called coffee cakes. They just I have mean, fruit in them. But it's fruit and probably frosting. But so it's, it's a, a strudel. It's a pop tart. Yeah, you're okay. basically eating a giant pop tart. Just have a pop tart to be a lot less. Correct. Probably a lot less calories. Not correct. I do. And I, you'll have fruit in every single bite. I do enjoy pop tarts as well, but you guys are not correct. Right are you now. a brown sugar cinnamon kind of guy, or are you like a blueberry guy? What pop tart? Oh, both of those flavors blow. I'm a strawberry cherry kind of guy. A hundred percent cherry. Hundred percent cherry is the strawberry. best flavor. Brown sugar no, cinnamon no. is by far the best pop tart. Strawberry is the best. And then blueberry. No, cherry and strawberry are the two best without question. Brown okay. brown. Ugh, that's a garbage. If I if someone <laughs> gave me one of those, I wouldn't even eat it. How? <laughs> I think you would. No, Jerry. Do you have any? Do you have any? Advice on how to eat a tire coffee cake for what by one person? I, I'm trying to think, like, honestly, when the last time, like, there was a coffee cake for me to eat. I'm just picturing the Entenmann's coffee cake, right? Yeah, a lot of the Entenmann's coffee cakes has fruit in them, so I don't know what you're talking about. No, I still think it's like the crumb, the crumb cake slash coffee cake or whatever it is I'm picturing. Um, usually, you just kind of take a knife and you cut it and you just eat whatever is available. That's my that's my advice. That's how I eat it as well. Well, you guys aren't eating it correctly. You got to go towards the middle and you got to. Coffee cakes as a whole need to improve and it needs to be spread out more evenly. All right. Well, there's Champ's takes on hot con coffee cakes. I think most of us probably just take take a knife, cut a piece off and uh, and eat it. All right, guys, let's go to a back to an Iowa question. This comes from our buddy Z. If you could make one change to improve the Iowa to improve Iowa athletics, what would it be? Jerry, why don't you kick this one off? Blow up Carver Hawkeye Arena and build a new high, like the most high-tech basketball arena you can put and know where exactly where you put it. I'll take this from our buddy Z, the fourth member of Spoko Radio. It's the perfect spot. You take down the mall. And even God bless that Taco Bell. It provided me a lot of happiness back in the day. Now I think it's a noodles to go or something. (laughs) But you take them all down. You put the new basketball arena there. You build some nice parking lots over where like in those empty parking lots across from Starbucks. And you have the basketball arena there. You want to get the most passionate fan base in all of Iowa Hawkeye athletics to come to your games. Put it in the middle of everything. There's no excuse then. You're not wrong. That's what I'm doing. And I'm then and then every single night, the, we, the, here's the thing that I'm baffled by. I'm writing about this in the free-for-all Friday for tomorrow. We all picked out the Michigan game for how great the fans were and how loud it was in Carver. It was still half full, but the difference was that you guys, the people that listened to this podcast, bared the snow, made it through the storm, showed up at Carver, and gave this team your respect and gave them the type of cheering and the type of fandom that they deserve. 
and you sat in the seats from all the people that probably watch these games on mute because they don't like having any sort of noise bother them while they watch their basketball. <laughs> that is the biggest problem with Carver. So outside of changing this environment, building a new arena that keeps the sound in instead of letting it flow out of its soft roof, it's getting rid of Gary Barter to make all that happen. That's Hey, that's playoff chair Gary Barter to you, sir. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, Jerry, we had the student. We had a very full student section this evening versus Rutgers after this Iowa win, eighty-five to eighty versus Rutgers. That's another quality win for the Iowa men's basketball team. But Champ, what one change would you make if Iowa athletics, if you could make any one change? Uh that's. A, I mean, that's a great question. I think Jared, I was kind of thinking along the same lines as Carver. I, think, I mean, I love Iowa athletics. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I change a lot. I mean. Uh, they're moving their their offense. Their for their football team is moving in the direction we all wanted. That was a big change we wanted coming in. So I mean, I just want that to continue to grow with with Brian Ferentz, and I want this offense to continue to grow and be an an offense that we can all be proud of, and not just an offense that we just need to score twenty points. I want them to be dynamic, and I I think that's something we can all strive for, and I think they're headed in that direction. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm with I I don't have an, as extreme of a thought there as Jer, Jer and our buddy Z do of completely blowing up Carver Hawkeye Arena and building a new one. I do think that would that would solve a lot of problems with the men's basketball, with all the Olympic sports that play, all the non-football sports that play in Carver with attendance and getting more fans to all these games. But my big thing, I'm going to start small. Just move the student section. This was our big thing when we were there, Jer. And to me, this is that's the first step. It's just improving the atmosphere in Carver Hawk Arena before you have to go and build a whole new arena. And until they actually make the concerted effort to do so, to me, it's just it's a it's such a waste of space. And people are gonna have these extreme ideas like you have like you have to build a whole new arena. Let's first improve the in-game arena experience before we go do anything extreme in my mind. That makes sense. I mean, we saw, I mean, today it Wednesday night, students are out there in full force versus a game versus Rutgers, which I think if we looked in the beginning of the year, no one would have come to this game. But both these teams are ranked. It's a good game. You can it, This team can sell itself, but you also give the students who are going to be your most energetic, energetic people the short end of the stick every time they come. you want them to come be loud at these basketball games. It's very frustrating. It's the most frustrating thing on the planet because it's it's now on almost nearly 10 years of people probably telling the athletic department the same thing over and over and over again. The worst part is that I think if these students had the opportunity to pitch something like this to the donors that are filling in the seats that you'd move them to, I think they would be on board. But nobody gives any of them the opportunity. So if anybody on the Hawks Nest is listening to this, why don't you go ahead and reach out to us? We'll put something together to try to get you in front of some of these people. We can God, s- this fires me up. I get so <laughs> upset about this. It's been it's been a very big passion of Jairus for for many many years. All don't right, listen guys. to kids because we don't know any better. God forbid. <laughs> let's go. Let's go to another hypothetical around Iowa. If you could trade the football and men's basketball coaches f- for Fran McCaffrey and Kirk Ferentz, of any coach coaches in the country, who would you pick? Champ, do you have guys in mind? I do. I have. Well, I have a football guy in mind, and then you guys can comment on yours. For me, the I know only, who it is. The only guy who I would trade my boy Kurt Ferentz for is Ed Orgeron. I mean, Coach the, the guy Coach is just an absolute beast. Coach O, go Tigers! I mean, he's an absolute legend. 
He's getting the recruits to LSU at an exceptional level right now. He He's just an all-around awesome coach, an awesome guy. I truly love Ed O. That would be the only guy in college football I think I would trade Kirk Ferentz for. Uh, in terms of basketball, I really like Fran McCaffrey, and I really like what he's building. So I wouldn't trade him. I would keep Fran McCaffrey. I would let him continue to grow this Iowa program into hopefully you know, a nice 20 years of success with Fran McCaffrey. So let me keep, let me keep Fran, and I'll trade Kirk for Eddie O. Okay. I mean, I think we're all on the Eddie O bandwagon, but Jared, what, what are your thoughts there on trading coaches? The only coach I'm trading Kirk Ferentz for, the only one. Is it Brian Ferentz? No, he's going to. It's Brian Ferentz. It makes the most sense. It's perfect. It's just the lineage. It's the way we're getting Kirk now is the way we're going to get Brian in 40 years. He's open. He's cracking jokes. He's a little fiery, but the people love him. The people of Iowa love him. He gets this state. He gets this university, and he continues to recruit and bring in the type of people that we need to continue to be successful and win the Big Ten West for the next decade. So, yes, the only person I'm trading in Kirk Ferentz for is his son, and, guys, I love Fran McCaffrey very, very much, but there's one person who I love even more in Big Ten basketball. And it's going to hurt a lot of people that listen to oh, us, and I might lose a little respect. Boy. I love Tom Izzo, and I think Tom funny. Izzo, and as the coach of this program, would have a lot of success here. He takes the t- He's able to not only get the type of guys that we always dreamed of getting, but he also has the same type of guys that Iowa tends to get, but he turns them into guys like Draymond Green. So I- I'm sorry. If I had the opportunity to have Tom Mizzo as my head basketball coach, I'd take it. The only guy that I would trade Fran for, the only and the reason I didn't say it is because he's no longer in college, would be John Beeline to go along the lines of the Michigan. Oh, that's going I mean, great. John Beeline, <laughs> I know he's not an NBA coach. I knew it wasn't going to go well in the NBA, but he's a great college coach, and he's proven that he's, he's taken Michigan to multiple Final Fours. I would love John Beeline as Iowa's coach, but he's not in college anymore, so I can't say John Beeline. Would you also say Jim Boylan? He was also a former college coach. Oh, God. I just threw up my mouth to the thought of him coaching (laughs) Iowa. I wouldn't let Jim Boylan valet my car. (laughs) Um, I'll start with basketball first. If I could trade Kirk – or sorry, geez, Fran McCaffrey for any coach, it would be Jay Wright at Villanova. The only guy I I think I'd want coaching the Iowa Hawkeyes. On the football side, I really can't trade Kirk Ferentz, not even for his son Brian Ferentz. The only thing I'd want – is in interviews for Kirk to end them, Coach O style, with an on Iowa. The same way at the end of every single interview, just an on Iowa, as he walks Does off the Does he not do camera. that? No. Not even a Go Hawks? I've never oh. heard him say that before. I no. feel like he does at least on the iClub meetings. I think he does do Maybe that. Maybe at iClub meetings, but that, that those aren't on TV. Yeah. Like if Gary Barton now... Like Gary Barter being on ESPN every week when the when the college football playoff rankings come out and having to defend their rankings, he should end every time he's on ESPN with Reese Davis with an on Iowa. You're not wrong. I mean, you are. It's great. the weirdest thing. Like it literally has no impact to anything. I just want to hear it. I mean, I love the Go Tigers. So, right. And if I got an, if I got an on Iowa from Kirk and the personnel that he's been giving us the last few years. It would just make it would make it would make my day when I see Kirk on on TV. All right, let's go to 
a, no, a nonsense question. This is from our buddy Ruby. Tell me one good reason why I shouldn't put $500 on the White Sox to win the division this year. Jer, you are back in on the White Sox bandwagon after the moves this this offseason, so let's go with you first. Are there is there one good reason why? I don't have one, no, because the Minnesota Twins, I don't couldn't name you two players on their team, and they're apparently supposed to be the only ones that we're supposed to care about. So put it all on the White Sox, baby. They spent all the Manny Machado money on a bunch of dudes that are gonna hit a bunch of home runs. And what's better than hearing the White Sox hitting a bunch of home runs? Absolutely nothing. Lay the five hundred bucks, Ruby, you degenerate. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked Jeff first to get him out of the way because Champ and I might go into a little bit of heated arguing over this as we tend to do about our White Sox. But Champ, do you believe the White Sox are going to win the division? Not necessarily to put $500 on them to win the division, but do you believe the White Sox are going to win the division? I do. And if you give me the odds that I think the White Sox are probably getting to win the division because I think the Twins are the favorites, the Indians actually might be a, a little bit of a slight favorite over the White Sox to win the division. So you give me those odds, fuck yes. I'm putting that $500 on the White Sox. They're going to win the division. They're so much improved from last year. It's going to be so exciting. A lovely mix of youth and veteran leadership for this team. The rotation is literally so much better than it was last year, and it shits on the Minnesota Twins rotation. I don't believe in the Twins at all with their rotation. Yes, they're going to score some runs, but that rotation leaves a lot to be desired. The White Sox are six deep. That's not even including Carlos Rodon, who's coming midseason. They're going to be very good. They're going to win the division. They're going to win 93 games this year. Book it, White Sox, AL Central champs. It's going to be beautiful. I agree. So, so Ruby, uh, let me be the, the man of reason for you. And while you might not want to lay the $500, I do think the White Sox are going to be much improved. And I am very excited for this season. But to win the division, you need a Luis Robert to come to the major leagues. You need a Nick Magical to come to the major leagues and contribute right away. You need a Michael Kopech to come back from Tommy John surgery and be able to be a an impact starting starting pitcher for this rotation. You need Lucas Giolito to prove that last year wasn't a fluke season. You need Yohan Moncada to continue it. You need Tim Anderson to prove that he's not a Babbitt god and he can actually get on base at a decent clip, clip not hitting, th- what, 330, champ, for the whole season? 328, but yes. You need a, a lot of things, I think, for this team to, to be as good and to take this next up to win a d- division that I just don't think you, you all, all of that's not going to go right. All I have to say is all of those things that you just mentioned, the White Sox won 73 games last year, and they started Dylan Covey and Ross fucking Detweiler 37 times between the two of them. Those guys aren't starting any games for you this year, brother. We got Dallas Keuchel. We got Gio Gonzalez. We got hopefully a healthy Michael Kopech. We don't need Tim Anderson to hit 330 because you know what? We went out and we got Yasmani Grandal. We went out, we got Edwin Encarnacion. We added to this offense. You got Luis Robert coming up. You know who was playing for Luis Robert last year? John Jay and Adam Angle. 
Those guys are not playing Ooh. for your team anymore. You have proven guys coming in, and you have studs like Luis Robert that are coming up. He's the number two prospect in all of baseball right now. I understand he's not going to hit 30 homers and drive in 100 his rookie year. We don't need him to do that. We need him to come up, play great defense in center, steal some bases, hit some homers, drive in some runs, and when he does that, the White Sox are well on their way to being division champs. I'm just saying you still need a lot to go right to to win a division. That's all I'm going to say. Well, will, baby. that's fine. And the Twins aren't going to hit 322 home runs like they did last year. And they aren't going to get to beat up on the White Sox shitty-ass team like they got to do last year. This is a much-improved White Sox unit. I mean, so you can take away five, six, seven wins from the Twins just against the White Sox. I mean, champ, we've seen it before. Shitty Twins teams have beaten the good White Sox teams year in and year out That's before. That's fine. This is a new regime, baby. 2020. We're starting off fresh, and it's going to be beautiful. So, Ruby, if you get some good odds, sure, lay the 500 bucks. There you go, DC. Tell but, them, baby. But don't expect that money to come back. Okay. And then you just go ahead and ruin it. I thought you totally <laughs> redeemed yourself, but you did not. All right, <clears throat> back to the Hawkeyes. Who is set up for more success between the basketball and football team over the next few years? Champ, who do you got? This is going to surprise some people, but I actually think it's the basketball team. I think with these young players that are going to continue to grow under Fran, I think Fran is going to go out. He's going to be able to get better recruits because these guys are going to see Iowa advancing deep into not only the Big Ten tournament, but the NCAA tournament, I think the foundations of Wieskamp and Garza and Frederick and Toussaint and even going back to Jordan Bohannon and Ryan Creener, the foundations of these guys are going to put Iowa in a great position going forward. And a lot of these guys we mentioned, like Frederick, like Toussaint, like the both McCaffreys, they're all young players and they're only going to continue to grow within uh, Francis. And I think the basketball team's future is very bright. I do think the football team's future is also bright, but give me the basketball team. So, Jer, you are Mr. Brian Ferentz. You would trade the current head coach for the offensive coordinator. So who's <coughs> set up for more success, football or basketball? I want to say football. I don't disagree with anything Champ just said. The only reason I'm going with football is that I think the road to winning the Big Ten West and having an opportunity at Indianapolis – and an opportunity to make the playoff is a little bit easier than getting through a Big Ten conference, the Big Ten tournament, and then making a run in the tournament. There's just so much that can go wrong in the NCAA tournament for Iowa to be like have a national championship type season happen that I think Iowa football can have one of those seasons happen because really it all comes down to, like we continue to talk about, getting through Wisconsin and then beating Minnesota. If they can do that, they have a shot. They always will have a shot if they can do those two things. And the season for basketball, there's just so much in the air always. I don't disagree that both programs are very healthy right now with a great outlook for the future with a solidified coaching staff that isn't going anywhere. But I think Iowa football has the better opportunity to win. I'm with you, Jaron, football, but I also just think the way, just the change, that the culture change that, culture change isn't the right word, but just the change that the football program has undergone and taking a more emphasis on recruiting and just uh, adopting kind of getting out of the 4-3 cover to the outside zone, the pro-style offense, and being more modern 
has really, really helped. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of recruits are starting to notice that, oh, shoot, if I want to go to the NFL, I should really take a good, hard look at the University of Iowa. Because this program has been – these coaches have been around for years. They develop these guys. They have a track record of putting guys in various positions but on defense and on offense into the NFL. And you, I think the recruits – and now these guys are playing earlier. And I think we're they're starting to see the the fruits of those labors. And I do just think that they're ultimately set up for sustained success for the next five years at least. Kirk likes to look at these five-year runs. The next five years – could be better than the previous five years have been the best in Iowa history. So I do yep. think the football team set up for more success. Let's wrap it up with a the very first, I think the very first question we got when we asked people for this is Mary F. Kill, Big Ten program. So the thought is take your non-Iowa program and give me one from each that you would want to marry. Or one you like to have a nice weekend with. And one that you would want to kill off. It's pretty simple. Any program, it's full athletic department. So however you want to go with the guys, go with it that way. But Jerry, we'll start with you. Right off the top, I'm killing Wisconsin. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> because I, I like if it's going to come to murder, it's going to be from pure jealousy. Okay. So I'm murdering Wisconsin. Okay. I'm going to marry Ohio State. Because I feel like you have a lot to learn in marriage, and together, you know, you can take a lot of things from each other and build a better program. And I think that long, sexy weekend is going to be spent with Jim Harbaugh up in Michigan. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to go to Ann Arbor. You're still sending your future child to Michigan if Jim Harbaugh I'm going to put on some Jordan gear. Out. It's going gonna, it's gonna to feel really nice. I'm going to look at Jimmy. We're going to drink a gallon of milk together. I'm going to look at Jawan Howard to my right, and him and I are going to talk about long black <laughs> Nike socks and how many bags he's dropped since he's taken over. And I'm just going to go, you guys are crooked as all get out, but boy, I love spending the weekend here. I mean, I don't – I'm honestly surprised, but I mean, I, you justified it well with the Wisconsin. It's a pure jealousy play. Yeah. Have you guys ever watched like uh, like How to Catch a Murder or any of the Netflix shows? Murders happen all the time because it's just pure jealousy. No, you're not you're not wrong. I just didn't expect that coming from you because you always talk about Wisconsin all the time. But maybe yeah, I should have expected them. it because you're always talking about Wisconsin. Champ, who are you what, how are you breaking this down? Uh I am gonna kill off Penn State because they're really just a disgusting organization. <laughs> Fuck Penn State. I really would just like to kill them off. That the the recent stuff with the football team is literally grotesque, and their basketball team I could leave it. Goodbye, kill them off. See you, Penn State. They should have got a lifetime ban anyway, so just kill them off. Uh, I am going to. This is a hard one. I am going to fuck the Ohio State program <laughs> because I really think it would be a great long weekend with the Ohio State, with Ryan Day, with Mr. Holtman. I think it would be a lovely time enjoying myself with that program. I think campus would be fun. From everything Jerry has said about the football experience, it would be a great weekend. I can't wait to do it next year. But, yeah, and then I think – this is going to be weird, but I think I'm going to marry the Wisconsin program. Jerry's <laughs> killing them off, and I think I'm going to marry them. I mean, I just love everything they do. 
yes, their basketball team goes through some droughts this year. It's not as good as it has been, but they're a team that has been to multiple Final Fours in this decade. So, I mean, you can't really hate on that. I mean, their basketball team is consistently good. And then their football team, the big fella, I love their coach. Just get in there. You can learn a lot from him. And, I I mean, Jerry's jealous of him, so why not become him? Why not marry him? Marry into that family. Get You get you get protection of five 325-plus-pound offensive linemen to protect you in that marriage. I'm marrying Wisconsin. Sorry, guys. I'm never marrying Greg Gard. Sorry. I mean, <laughs> Greg Gard would be like the one that would be off to the side. I mean, give me – I mean, I'm not, why am I not – That's why you're spending your sexy weekend at Ohio State because Greg Gard came to bed. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Very true. I mean, you're not wrong about that. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I, as much as I am jealous of Wisconsin, I'm marrying them. So – I, I'm spending a nice long weekend with Wisconsin. This is, from Jared's play of it being jealousy, it's pure jealousy. I, I, Jared, we talk about this all the time. We sometimes wish we went to Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. and ima- imagine the love time you could have with Paul Christ. I mean, he's a big man. I mean, you could have some quality time with him over the weekend. <laughs> I would just like to experience that for a weekend, but at the end of the day, I'm still a, a married to the Iowa Hawkeyes in the, in the end of this whole exercise. I'm going to go back to my to my Hawkeyes. I'd just like to spend a weekend with Wisconsin and see how they have adapted with the times and had success with that and just experience that for a long weekend. Who am I killing? I'm killing Northwestern because if I don't have to hear, hear Pat Fitzgerald's name anymore. God, that's a good call by you. I would be so happy. If yeah. I could you know why it's a good call? Pits. Because I forgot they even exist. Exactly. I thought about this before <laughs> we started recording, and I, I was going to do like a, a rival – and it's like, you know, it shouldn't be an actual rival because it's fun because we, we mostly beat all those guys all the time. Yeah. So let's get the one that's like just a pain in the ass that thinks they're rival, but they're not. And it's Northwestern. As it's much a murder as, you can get away with. As much as I do hate Pat Fitzgerald, the only reason I'm not killing off Northwestern is because we live so close to their campus that getting to go to games at both their football and basketball stadium is so nice. And it's the closest to us living, to me and Dave at least, living in the Chicagoland area, that that's the only reason I'm not killing them is because I enjoy going to watch Iowa beat their ass in person in Evanston. But I thought Illinois was Chicago's Big Ten team. (laughs) (laughs) And who am I marrying? I'm going to marry, this is more because of family ties, I'm marrying Indiana. Notre Dame. (laughs) Yes. Notre Dame. Notre Dame. (laughs) Are they joining the Big Ten Trump? Indiana's At my some pick. point, they're going to have to. Two siblings who have went there as well. So I do watch a ton of Indiana basketball games. I've been to probably more Indiana football games than most Indiana fans, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I just will keep it in the family and, and go that way with it. Any other thoughts, guys, before we wrap the show this week? Big time Iowa basketball win tonight. Thank you, fans, for bearing with us as we were kind of going nuts during that game. But, I mean, huge win for the Hawkeye basketball team. Continuing to grow and to continuing to show that they are the second-best team in the Big Ten Conference. Champ, I like that stance. We're, gonna, we're gonna all going to squat on that take with you. Yep. Squatting. Squatting on that take. All right, guys, follow us on Twitter at BHGP, at Shy People's Champ, at Jerry Sherwin, and at Dave Cray. Make sure you guys fill out the survey for us. Let us know what you guys want to hear from us. 
to make this podcast feed more entertaining for you guys. Subscribe to the podcast feed wherever you wherever you guys get your podcast. Share this with your friends, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Hawks! Go Hawks! Luca! Trick or treat, Iowa City! If you don't love it, leave it. USA number one.